Hey everyone, welcome back to the Viking Update Show. This is John Krasinski with The Athletic. I'm one of the co-hosts of this Viking Update Show that you listen to weekly here on Talk North. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Normally, we are joined by Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, my co-host, and we talk a lot about Vikings football, about free agency, about all the things that are going on in the NFL. But Jim is on vacation this week, and so we have two very special guests who I've known for a long time joining us here on the show this week. And one is a name that Vikings fans will know very well. The other is one that Blaine Bengal fans will know very well. And so we have Kyle Rudolph, former Vikings tight end, former New York Giants tight end, great uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler with us. And then we have Joel Kunza, who is... Uh, a fellow Blaine Bengal with myself. He was a year behind me at Blaine. We played football together there. We've known each other for a long, long time. And the reason we have both of these guys on this week is that Joel and Kyle, with uh, several other partners, have partnered together on a new sort of charitable endeavor called All True, A-L-L-T-R-O-O. And it's a cool new project. It's partners with athletes uh, to raise money for great causes and to have those who get involved with these charities uh, to have awesome experiences from their own right as well. So we're going to get into talk about All True, about what they're doing. We're going to talk a lot of football, a lot of free agency, a lot of you know, all sorts of different things with Kyle, who's obviously a big time expert from the NFL wise. And then we will come back and, and talk a little bit more about what they're doing uh, at, in All True in the community in Minnesota, most importantly, here. So first of all, Kyle, welcome to your maiden voyage on Talk North. It's uh, it's good to, to hear from you and, and catch up once again. You've always been one of my favorite Vikings to talk to and, and cover over the years. And how are things going with you today, man? Doing well. I appreciate you having Joel and I on. Certainly, Ultra is something that we're extremely excited about and uh, looking forward to catching up with you as uh, I've been gone for a little over a year now. You have been. You've gone but not forgotten for sure here. And um, before we get into Ultra, before we get into the um, you know, the football talk and everything, I do want to say that you know, you've know you done a lot of great stuff um, in the league, in the community and stuff like that. But I will say that one thing that I've always admired about you, Kyle, is something that we have like a, a press row in, in Timberwolves land in, in Target Center. And there's a bunch of media that that kind of sit there and watch the games and, and do our work from there. And we would always kind of have a running joke, Kyle, that you kind of are um, an inspiration to us fathers out there who have young children because we see you and Jordan at Timberwolves games, certainly before you left, and, and even so now, a heck of a lot. And I just wonder, how the heck do you get the time and what kind of babysitting situation do you have that you get to get out and have have, have some fun nights with uh, sitting courtside with your wife as much as you do? Well, you know, over the years, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the twins are five now, Henry is three, uh, and, and Crosby just hit four months. So, you know, over the last five years, even with kids, uh, both Jordan, Jordan and I have, you know, made a point to make sure that we do still go out together. And especially here, you know, going to Timberwolves games is one of our favorite things to do. Uh, we love going down and grabbing dinner, um, you know, seeing a bunch of people around the game who, 
you know, have season tickets and we usually see every time we go down watching the game. Uh, now they're really, really good and they're a ton of fun to watch. So, uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of the year they went to the playoffs and the energy in Target Center and just, you know, we the last game I was at was the second Portland game and, you know, they were up 38 points at one <laughs> yeah. point in the second half and, you know, there was more energy in the target center at that point in the game than, you know, most of the last three years. So uh, obviously now it's a ton of fun going down there and watching that team play, um, you know, as they continue to push for the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, we just we've kind of always made it a point that uh, we, we try to keep our babysitters and we pay them well. So they try not to go <laughs> yeah. anywhere else. Um, but, yeah, we, we've just made a point to, to still get out and. Um, you know, like I said, when I was no longer a Viking, this is still home. And it's funny mm -hmm. because whether we're out around Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, down at the Timberwolves game, wherever, you know, people almost kind of seem surprised to see me back here. Um, right. and just assume that because I'm not playing here, that we're not still around and still in the community. And, you know, I met when I said when this is home for us and it will always be home for us, no matter where we play. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's awesome to be back in town and to be down there. And, you know, people are always so kind and, you know, so welcoming. Um, I joked around with my wife that I got a louder cheer than the bachelorette did at the Timberwolves game. So I guess they still <laughs> like me here. That's right. Yep. Yep. You have, uh, yeah, you still hold a special place and that's, there's, if you can beat the bachelorette in a pop, uh, at, at target center, that's pretty big time. So uh, <laughs> you should feel pretty good about that. Um, and, and so for, uh, Joel Kunza, um, you've been, Minnesota has been home for you the whole time. Uh, we hang out with the same knuckleheads, um, if, from Blaine and, and we grew up in the same circle. Uh, but I, whenever I think about you and me and Kyle, we've kind of have a little bit of a, of a tie because you and I got stranded in Philadelphia after the NFC title game and actually had probably one of the better nights that I've had in a while, just having a steak and, having some wine and trying to like absorb how things went in that, in that NFC title game and, and really recover from the ridiculous fan experiences that we had there. So, um, so your you know, your passion runs deep for this. Uh, it's nice to have you around too. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on John. Yeah. We've, we've seen a lot and been through a lot together. So um, that being certainly a highlight in Maybe not the best times of my life, but certainly <laughs> one of the most memorable times, whether it be the Girl, Scouts, Girl Scouts yelling profanities at us <laughs> as we walked into the stadium to I was with our partner now, John, uh, and we decided to leave just after halftime because we figured that if we came back and won, there was no way we were getting out of that stadium alive. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, we were able to salvage, you know, kind of getting stranded there and, and, and having a good night. So um, so that was appreciative. But, Joel, why don't you start us out? Like, how did you and Kyle get connected here to to get going in what seems to be a really cool uh, endeavor here with Ultra? Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I'll try, try to give it a, a quick, a quick story here. Mm -hmm. uh, John, or myself, and John uh, Wahlberg. He's one of our other partners. We just started a charity called Athletes for Minnesota Kids, and that's where we really got connected with Kyle through the University of Minnesota uh, Masonic Children's Hospital. Kyle, as you know, and, and many people in the Twin Cities know, he does so much good for them. He has his own wing. 
puts on galas, events, and fundraising opportunities for people like me and the rest of the community to raise money. And John and I wanted to do something a little different, a little more intimate, uh, and that is put on smaller events using maybe a different type of network. And that's where we started. You know, we contacted Kyle. John happened to sit next to him on an airplane. I happened to play a golf tournament with Kyle, you know, maybe a few weeks before that. So we just tied the dots together. And, you know, we just we decided to just try something different. Let's run with it. And then, of course, the pandemic got in our way. And then, you know, once everything started shutting down, we saw charitable functions really decrease for um solely for the fact that you couldn't get together any longer. And, you know, what's next? You know, we just decided to rebuild something different, look at it different. You know, what what is out there for a model that we can pick up on and really use what we feel is um, kind of our, our thirst for charity and philanthropic work? You know, how, how do we kind of put this, this uh, skin the cat differently might be a good way, way to put it from a business term. And so we started Altru, which uh, we'll talk a little bit as we get we get uh, going here, but that's kind of how we came together. And Kyle, um, you, I, I know that when the athletic first started here, um, Michael Russo and I kind of worked with you and Jason Zucker on a story on kind of all the work that you guys were doing at University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. I know that you and Jason have been close for a long time. So what was the, what's that connection like and how does that sort of fuel what you want to do in this community and you know jason's moved on to pittsburgh you have moved on as well and what keeps you coming back here to minnesota and, and staying here that way well i think uh you know it goes beyond just jason and i and mm-hmm. you know both of our wives and carly and jordan and the relationship that our families really formed through our work at the hospital uh, you know, we met them through an event for a kid named Tucker Hellstrom. And, um, I, you know, something for for me and throughout all my years uh, in Minnesota, you know, it's always been extremely important to me to support things that other teammates uh, and especially other athletes in the community are doing. Uh, you know, it's certainly allowed me to, to meet guys on other teams here in the Twin Cities, but also it's just always been a priority for me to, to go out and, and to support and donate my time or money to, to things that are important to other athletes that are trying to use their platform to, to do good here in the community that we call home. So, you know, for us, Jordan and I were at an event supporting Team Tucker and, you know, we met Carly and Jason and, you know, they had seen some of the things that we did at the Children's Hospital and they wanted to get more involved and learn more about it. And, you know, really our relationship just grew from there. And as Joel mentioned, you know, the, the pandemic hits, charitable giving was one of the biggest things that was impacted by it because there were no more in-person events. There were no more galas. There were no more golf tournaments. Um, there were no more small functions to raise money. And now it was really just, you know, how, how can people get money to the hospital. You know, we, we weren't able to go down and, and host the things that we were accustomed to hosting at the hospital. So last January, um, Joel, myself, Jason, and our other partner, John, uh, we got together and, and kind of went down a rabbit hole and how can we change the, the charitable giving and how can we create something that's sustainable no matter what happens moving forward? Because if you rewind to last January, we weren't really sure when we were going to be able to get back together again and, and have the events that were normal and were accustomed to us to have. So, uh, you know, we, we came up with this model and 
Um, it's, it's hard to believe that it's been a little over a year and, you know, we've kind of been up and running for about six months and extremely excited about what we've done and, and where we can go. Right. And so the model itself, as I understand it, and I've talked to Joel about this a lot too, is it, it sounds like you guys kind of identify a, a kind of an activity or, or something that, that anyone around the country can bid on online, correct? And an experience that the winning bidder can come up with. And usually it's tied to an athlete. For instance, the most, one of the most recent ones that you just did was with Carl Anthony Towns and you know, and Carl for a long, long time, Kyle. And, um, and it was really centered around raising money for a memorial fund for around a Deshaun Hill, the, the quarter the high school quarterback who was gunned down in, in Minneapolis, um, you know, not too long ago. And so from what I understand, the difference between, say, your foundation right now and your endeavor right now is that you, you don't need to have a gala of a bunch of people gather in one place and you raise money that way. It's it's people can bid all over the country. And how did you guys come up with that kind of model? And can you just give us a little detail on how you think that's working so far? Well, yeah, I think, you know, you, you kind of hit on it with um you know, the model and, and the sweepstakes with Carl. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, when, when you look at charitable giving and these galas that we all go to, that we've all been at, and you, you sit down at the gala and have uh, a great meal and hang out, and then the, the live auction starts, and there's all kinds of incredible experiences and packages that go in the live auction. And most of the time, the same few people are buying those events because they're going for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars, and um, you know that's kind of a rare error in terms of of charitable giving. Um, so a lot of the people there, yeah, they bought their table, and that's kind of their donation to the charity, the five hundred one c three, the nonprofit. But there's no way that they can fork out another twenty-five thousand dollars and buy a cool package of two courtside tickets, um, you know, airfare, a night stay at the Lowe's hotel dinner before the game and to meet Carl afterwards, because if that package was in a live auction, who knows what it would go for. And so what all true does is not only does it give someone who just has say five bucks, um, but they want their five bucks to make an impact. They want their five bucks to make a difference. And, they may also be a Carl Anthony Towns fan. And hey, you can give a little and have an opportunity to win an experience that's once in a lifetime, something that you would never be able to you know, afford if you went to one of these galas that we all go to. And the flip side of it is the organizations, the organizations that benefit from it, the charities, as you mentioned, through Carl's sweepstakes, will be benefiting the Deshaun Hill Jr. Family Foundation, where you know they're creating programming for a lot of Minneapolis-based programs. Um, and you know, yeah, that organization could have a event or a gala or or something of sorts to raise money in. Deshaun's memory, but that costs money. There's overhead associated with that. There's costs that go into it. Um, you know, you, you have to find volunteers. There's so much work that goes into it to whereas us at Altru can, can be that platform. We can be the group that just comes in, uses 
you know, whether it's our connections through athletes, obviously that's kind of where we've created our niche with Jason and myself and our relationships throughout other athletes and sports, but it allows us to take the overhead off of the organizations. So that way we can raise the money for them. And then a lot of people can donate a little bit of money and, and it goes a long way. Yeah, Joel, what, what's it kind of been like to, you know, get this thing up and going and then the doors that are opening for you with Jason and Kyle attached in terms of recruiting people to to kind of help put these packages together? Well, it's been it's been quite interesting because I come from the more traditional uh, sense of charitable giving, like Kyle just had described. And what's really neat about the whole the whole situation that we have now is there isn't anybody or there's very few, if any, that can do what we just did uh, for Carl Anthony Towns and the Hill Foundation, just because we can be so agile. We can get that that prize, that experience. We can create that within days and start receiving donations almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the really cool function of this is we can impact now and we can impact in a big way and we can impact locally. Mm-hmm. For the rest of it, and as we expand and get a little bit wider, let's just say let's just say as an organization, now we're looking at East Coast and doing some stuff out there. Uh, we're looking, you know, quite a bit in the NBA now as folks start to see the the authenticity of our brand. So I really look forward to the future and, and getting to know the athletes, you know, personally because one of the what I see at least from a you know just a a, a, a layman is that the athletes that do charitable work don't always get um, the recognition that they deserve. And that's really one one of our core focuses with what we want to do as All True is find a way to show the world that guys like Carl Anthony Towns aren't just a superstar, but they really care about their community. And there are just so many of those types of athletes out there. And so certainly looking forward to, um, to meeting them and helping them, helping their charities, you know, as All True grows. What's the process like for just identifying what projects you're going to get involved with? Um, you know, how did the Deshaun, like, just for instance, like how did the Deshaun Hill situation come about? Like, um, do, does it come with, you know, aligning with an athlete first and then finding something that's near and dear to his or her heart? Or does it come, you know, with uh, identifying, hey, we have to we have to address this specific situation and then trying to find the right people to to help kind of facilitate that? Well, John, I think uh, one of the things that's so unique about us is everything that you just described, every example that you just proposed, we can do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll talk about the Deshaun Hill Jr. situation. Uh, The tragedy happens here in Minneapolis. The community rallies around Deshaun and his family. Um, You know, one of the nonprofits that we work with, that we work through is Change Starts With Me. And Change Starts With Me is based here in the cities. Uh, They do a ton of stuff in North Minneapolis and the AAU program that was associated that Deshaun Hill played for. And we saw an opportunity right away and we wanted to do everything that we could to to help out Deshaun's family and make sure that we carried his legacy on. Um, So it was an easy phone call for me to make to Carl. Carl's been, you know, kind of at the forefront of our community the last couple of years, uh, you know, really wants to make a difference in this community. And, you know, it was the quickest yes I think we've ever gotten. He said, whatever you need, I'm happy to do it. Uh, he donated an incredibly generous package. Uh, obviously, you know, courtside tickets, dinner, hotel, airfare, and then his time after the game. 
um, you know, to, to spend time with the two lucky fans that win this and, and hang out with Carl. You know, again, it's, it's a once in a lifetime type experience that you're not going to be able to get it probably anywhere else. And then there's the other way, you know, whether it's through athletes who see what we're doing or know Jason, know myself, um, that know Joel, know John, uh, they, they see the kind of model that we have. They may not even have an organization that they're working with. They just want to impact their community. Or the other example is they have a foundation of their own or they have an organization that they've worked with in the past. They understand, hey, I can take advantage of my social media following. I can get the word out. I can provide a really cool experience. And then we create something and work with them as well. Yeah. And, and Joel, just, just from a mechanical standpoint, from it's usually, it sounds like you will have a, a particular project and it'll essentially will be open for the sweepstakes will be open for about 90 days. Is that right? And it gets bidders and you get people to enter in and then you go through the drawing and, and go through it. It's just how, if, if someone wants to get involved, I would say just how, how do they go about doing it and what's that process like? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we found that 90 days is is a good time frame to surround the sweepstakes around. And for a number of different reasons. One is it gives some time for it to work. You know, there's as, as big of an athlete and as popular of an athlete is, <clears throat> as like Carl Anthony Towns may be, is we need to let everybody else know. We need to advertise and show the world, you know, really what he's doing well, through social media, through PR, through, you know, podcasts like this. So that time is really important to really just get the word out. And uh, we can go longer than that. And in some cases we will, uh, but 90 days is, is really the sweet spot. That's great. And, uh, and so then they, it, it where do they go exactly? If, if someone is listening to this right now and says, I want to go in and, and get involved in this, like how, how, how do they find you? If you just go directly to our website, um, alltrue.com, A-L-L-T-R-O-O.com, the main page will we'll have a sweepstakes um, a bar, a, a, a drop down where you can click on that and bring you to the current sweepstakes. Those are what are running right now, whether it be Carl Anthony Towns. We have a uh, Battle of Pennsylvania experience right now with Hayes and Boyle, Charlie Coyle is doing something with Tommy's Place, and then we have Dylan Proctor for a, a, a sweet, um, a sweet event or a sweet trip out to Napa Valley. So we'll always have those refreshing as new ones come on, but uh, you can see the current ones are at the site. Sounds very cool, very cool indeed. Um, we're going to take just a quick break here um, and hear from our sponsors, Star Bank and Aquarius home services. And then we, right after that, we'll come back. We'll talk a little football with Kyle and then we'll bring Joel and, and Kyle back in to wrap up with, with all true. So let's hear first from star bank and then from Aquarius home services. Uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about star bank. Star bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check, convenient services. You got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. We would also like to thank longtime Talk North and uh, Ron Shower Productions sponsor Aquarius Home Services. 
Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water heating and cooling, plumbing or electrical, Aquarius Home Services is here to help. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com for more details. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. All right, we're back here with the Viking Update Show. Again, I'm John Krasinski from The Athletic, joined by former Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph and my good friend and former Blaine Bengal, Joel Kunza, talking about their uh, charitable adventure, ventures that they have going on with All True, A-L-L-T-R-O-O. Uh, and and we're also now, Kyle, this is a football show. People want to come here and they want to listen to a little bit of football stuff. Um, have you, you've been around and you've been in this league a long time. This last week, Kyle, just in terms of overall news out there, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, just a lot of things going on. Can, can you remember a time um, in the league where there were so many kind of big things happening in such a small window that, that we saw last week? You know, not not since I've followed football and, you know, I was a football fan far before I was a player in the NFL and then certainly as a player in the NFL and one that tries to pay attention and kind of follow, you know, free agency and the draft and everything year in and year out. Uh, this past week was certainly one of the craziest weeks that I can remember in the NFL. Um, now, looking at kind of one of the most recent things that just happened, Tom Brady decides after two months to end his retirement and come back. And, you know, it got to me to thinking a little bit, Kyle, um, about maybe what goes into all that. And, I'm, you know, you're not going to you know, get into Tom Brady's head, but I'm just thinking as a football player and talking to so many of you over the years, it seems like one week after uh, the season is over, everyone in the league wants to retire. Like the, the season is so long, you're beat up, you've been through the ringer, whether you've won at a high level, whether you're not, it just, it, I talk to so many guys and they say like, I'm done with this. There's no way I'm making it back. And then they take a little time off. They start to feel better again. Maybe their body clock kind of gets back into it and, and they come back for another year or, or several more years or whatever it is. Uh, is. What do you think in your experience? Is there some truth that do you th wonder if Tom just kind of, at the end of a tough year, just says, and you know, playoffs didn't go, didn't end up in a Super Bowl. Just said, I don't got this in me anymore. And I'm, and, and then you know, lo and behold, a few weeks later, he starts to feel better and be like, hey, I'm coming back. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being in Tom's situation. You know, he's played 22 years in the NFL, um, countless Pro Bowls, more Super Bowls than anyone, more Super Bowl wins than anyone pretty much number one in every statistical category as a quarterback, you know, clear cut, not close for second, greatest of all time, and still playing at a very, very, very high level. I mean, you know, he was in talks for the MVP this year, had one of his best seasons of his 22 seasons in the NFL, and yeah, came up a little short in the playoffs, but you know, still won a playoff game, got to the divisional round, uh, just had an overall unbelievable season in his 22nd season in the NFL. You know, oftentimes, you know, when when quarterbacks or anyone gets to 
year 15 on, you know, it's like, okay, like you, you see their play starting to decline. You know, it happens. Father time catches up to every player that's ever played in this league. But yet for Tom, like, he's playing as good as he ever has. And so I remember hearing when he retired and it, it surprised me at first because, you know, I just know what a competitor he is, uh, the season not ending the way that he wanted it to, um, and the level that he's still playing at. So uh, it was almost one of those things like, and I, I feel like a lot of people have been like this over the last couple months where you are just waiting for this news to, to come <laughs> out that, that Tom isn't done yet and, and he'll be back for what's crazy to think about is 23rd NFL season. Yeah, it, it, it is wild. A little, you know, I think Brett Favre has had retirements that lasted longer than Brady did, but um, <laughs> but he's back. Uh, another one, you know, division rival for you for a long, long time, Aaron Rodgers. It seemed like at the start of last season, hey, this is going to be the last year in Green Bay. That's it for him. He's not, you know, he, he just wanted to move on, wanted to kind of, you know, see if the grass was greener on the other side. And you know, there we go again. He has a great year, plays incredibly well. The Packers fall short, obviously, in in the playoffs again. But but here he's back with Green Bay. I just did you think that you'd see him back in green and gold again? Did you? How did you read that from afar while while you were watching sort of the soap opera play out a little bit? Well, I think if you go back to that NFC Championship game, you know, two seasons ago when. Tom and the Bucks came into Lambeau and beat the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, Tom leaves New England after uh, 20 years, goes to Tampa. They pretty much do whatever he wants with the roster. They trade for Gronk. You know, they sign A.B. You know, and he has so much power and so much control over the guys around him. Um, you know, if you're Aaron and, and you're sitting there on the other sideline, and Tom comes in and beats you and has all of his guys around him. And you're sitting there at an organization that isn't giving you that same power. You know, I could see how he's like, man, <laughs> maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Uh, but then you kind of look at how things played out from, you know, the tail end of last offseason, uh, moving into training camp and this season. And, you know, I want know one of the big things for him was getting his guy back in Randall Cobb and, and getting Randall back in Green Bay and, you know, just getting more guys around him that he's comfortable with, that he enjoys going to work with every day, that he feels like he can go out and, and play at a back-to-back MVP-type level with. And so, you know, you kind of saw it play out. It was almost, to me, at the end of this season – uh, like there's no way that he can leave Green Bay at this point. You know, it's like he's starting to get his guys around him. Um, you know, obviously things didn't go the way that they would have hoped uh, in the loss to San Francisco at Green Bay. But, um, you know, I certainly would have been surprised had he has he chosen elsewhere. You know, as, as an NFL player, Kyle, like obviously the the economic structure and contracts and the CBA and all those things are, you know, remarkably different. But I wonder, do you players – look at the way that some NBA players have been able to sort of exert leverage on organizations, you know, James Harden, LeBron James, you know, all of these guys kind of like really being able to grab hold of their destinies and dictate things, whether they want, whether they have a contract or not, um, they've been able to really be effective in that. Uh, Have you guys looked at that? And do you, 
Do you think that there's a chance that, you know, whether it's an Aaron Rodgers or a Kyler Murray or, or do you see a, a day in the NFL where players can exert a little more influence that way? Or is it just going to be really difficult because of just the way that the league is collectively bargained and the way that contracts are structured with so much non-guaranteed money? Is it harder for, for you guys to do stuff like that? Well, I think, you know, you see it a little more across the NBA. Uh, you know, M- the NBA is a league that is driven by that small group of elite level superstars. And when you have one of those on your team and you know that you have a chance to win an NBA championship with him and you're not going to be any good without him, you're probably going to do whatever that guy wants. And whether that be bringing in teammates that he wants, hiring staff that he wants, um, whatever that may be, you're going to cater to that type of player. Um, In the NFL, I would say there are a few guys that are at that level. Um, You know, certainly you can look at the Green Bay situation. If you take Aaron off that team, you know, who knows how many games they win. I know when Aaron's on that team, they're a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. So, you know, when Aaron's at a point in his career where, you know, retirement is an option and he says, you know, I'm going to retire if, you know, don't do this or that, you probably are going to see a team say, okay, you know, maybe we'll do that because we know what the alternative is and, you know, we don't want to do that. Uh, But there's just – I think there's much more of that in the NBA than there is in the NFL. And again, the, the rosters are different. The, you know, they've got, you know, 12, 14 guys, we've got 53. Um, so, you know, the, just the, the sheer size of the roster, uh, in my opinion, is, is a kind of a big factor. And, you know, we, we have, I'd say there's probably less than three guys in our league that would have that kind of power. Um, whereas they're probably a little more in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just also, too, it's it, it's got to be easier for an NBA player whose fo- contract is fully guaranteed to kind of exert that. Like, uh, you know, we saw Ben Simmons sit out, you know, and, and g- essentially give away $20 million because he wanted to kind of get his way out of there, if, but he was willing to do that, and it had such an impact on the Sixers from a financial standpoint that was worth it. Whereas in the NFL, it's just, you know, so much of your, your contract is kind of tied to, are you playing? Do you have roster bonuses? Do you have this and that? It's a little bit harder to wield that kind of influence when, when the money is, is, is a little less kind of tangible, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the contract structure is definitely a big part of it as well. And, you know, you think about a guy like Ben Simmons, who's making like $40 million a year, and he says, yeah, I'm willing to forfeit 20 of those to, to get myself out of here and to get myself in a different situation. Um, but also the contact structure and, and the nature of the game. Uh, as an NBA player, you're barring some freak injury. You know, you're going to play for a long time, especially mm-hmm. if you're a guy that's a $40 million a year guy. You know, clearly you're a bona fide uh, superstar in the NBA and, you know, it's crazy to think about and crazy to say, oh, yeah, I'll just forfeit that 20 million because I know I'm going to make it up on the back end anyways. Um, whereas in our league, you know, average length of career, the physicality of the game, you know, not knowing if, hey, am I going to 
have another crack at this down the road. So I think contact, contract structure and also just the, the physicality and the nature of our game makes it a lot more difficult to make a decision like that. A couple more uh, football uh, questions with Kyle Rudolph before we go back to Ultra to wrap this thing up. Uh, Kyle, um, you caught a bunch of passes from Kirk Cousins. You've been in a huddle with him. Um, he recently just rest- or signed an extension to stick around here in Minnesota. He is a little polarizing from a fan perspective. What was your experience with Kirk? Um, what do you think about you know him sticking around here? And do you think the Vikings can win uh, at, at, a, at a really high level you know, with Kirk as, as the quarterback? Yeah, no, I, I mean, my time with Kirk was great. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, I, I reflect on the New Orleans playoff game and mm-hmm. some of the throws that he made in that game, um, you know, certainly goes out and, and puts up huge statistics. The biggest thing for me that is reflected in Kirk's extension once again, uh, and it's kind of the only carryover from a front office standpoint uh, with the new regime in Minnesota is just what a genius Rob Brzezinski is. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you look at the way that he, for the most part, has been able to keep this team together. Uh, You know, certainly I'm on the outside looking in now, uh, but he, you know, he just freed up another $15 million. And, you know, like I said, I'm always following the NFL, certainly following the Vikings because a we're here and it's an organization that I have so much love and admiration for, you know, being in New York all year this year, constantly watching and following, uh, you know, kind of living on the edge of my seat during some of the primetime games that I was able to watch live, uh, always checking scores after games, seeing how guys are doing. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's an organization that I have so much love and admiration for. And, you know, I just look at what Rob Brzezinski is able to do again, uh, because, you know, one thing about Kirk is, uh, you know, Kirk is a great player. You know, certainly he's had a lot of success in this league. Um, but you, you look at other quarterbacks that are making $40 million a year, the Josh Allens of the world, the Patrick Mahomes, you know, it, it doesn't really matter who those guys have out there on the field. You know, that playoff game was an example of back and forth, scoring touchdowns, those guys making plays. You know, the Vikings need that $15 million to put pieces around Kirk that can allow him to go out and be successful because he can do it. We've seen him do it. I referenced the New Orleans playoff game. But if, if Kirk's cap number is at $45 million and you got to get rid of key parts of that offense, it'll make it a little more difficult on him. So once again, Rob Brzezinski just absolutely working salary cap magic. And, you know, hopefully they can keep some of those pieces there for him and, and maybe add one or two as well. Things were a little tense here uh, last year, Kyle. I think probably, you know, you you were gone, obviously, but um, you know, we saw the Vikings move on from Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. It seemed like there was a lot of just tension in the building. Um, did that surprise you at all? Or did you feel that kind of toward the tail end of your career uh, with the Vikings? And did you did, could you see some things coming to a head in that way? Or what did you think of kind of the changes that were made that way? Well, you know, I think... You know, you look at the eight year run that they had together and, you know, the the seasons of of disappointment, the seasons of success, the NFC championship game, you know, being one game away from playing in the Super Bowl in our own stadium um, and then kind of where things have gone from from that point. Um, You know, 2017, we're one game away from from the Super Bowl and, 
you know, then we only had one playoff appearance since and one playoff win. And, you know, like anything, it's, it's a results driven business. And, um, you know, when, when you're not performing and you're not going out there and, you know, the Wilfs are some of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. And what they were able to do for this organization, you know, the stadium, number one, the facility, number two, the resources that they provided for us as players, um, the money, their own money that they put into that place, into that organization, they want to win a championship. And, you know, you know, it'd be one thing if it was two or three years into it and we hadn't won a Super Bowl yet and, and they wanted to completely change everything. Uh, but, you know, it, it was eight years. And unfortunately, that's the, the, the awful part of our business. Uh, you know, things change. Uh you know, people move on to, to different places. And, and, you know, here, like I said, here we are in Minnesota with, with a completely new regime. You know, certainly there's, there's a lot of fresh energy and excitement. But at the same time, you know, to, to look back over the last eight years and say that, you know, what Coach Zimmer did and, and what Rick was able to do as a GM and the talent that he was able to bring here were anything but a success, uh, I think you'd be wrong in, in that assessment because, you know, you just look at the countless players that Rick drafted, that they kept here, uh, who signed second contracts here. And then, you know, from a Zim standpoint, just the, the defenses that he put in year in and year out. But also our team's overall record over that last eight years. Uh, it's just to, to say that those two weren't a success here, in my opinion, is not fair. Uh, but unfortunately, we're all measured based on wins and losses and most of the time it's Super Bowl wins and losses and and we never got to that point. Lastly for you on this Kyle, uh, you, when you parted ways with the Giants, I think you made it pretty clear that you have not retired. Like give an update to us for what what are you thinking? What are your goals here? Free agency is is going to get going here. Um what's kind of your outlook on on keeping your career going? Yeah, no, I certainly have not retired. Um, you know, at, at 32 years old, I feel like I still have um, some some decent football left in me, and you know, I certainly can contribute to an organization and, and to an offense. So, you know, I'm excited about what's next. Uh, certainly, when when I left Minnesota and, and chose New York, uh, I was not anticipating on going through this all over again the following year, but. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, from the day I got there, things didn't really go all that well. Uh, the day I got there, they told me I needed screws in my foot. And, you know, I should have known that was kind of the, the way things went from then on. Uh, but, you know, it, for me, uh, I have nothing but respect for that organization. You know, one of the original organizations in the NFL, the Mara family, uh, you know, my family having the opportunity to to be in New York and, and to be up there and play and be around such a, a classy organization was something that we'll remember forever. Uh, you know, like I said, for me personally, uh, it certainly didn't meet any of my expectations. Uh, and now moving forward, you know, I'm looking forward to proving to people that I can still play at a pretty high level. Um, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that the last couple of years. Uh, so it's been uh, very motivating for me this offseason to, you know, try to find a good situation where I can go out and be successful. And, you know, for me, really, at this point, uh, it's about winning a championship. I've done everything else in this league. Uh, and when I sit at home and, and watch the Super Bowl on my TV year in and year out, uh, just, you know, I, I constantly think about what it would be like to play in that game and, and obviously to win one.
Well, and you're healthy now too, right? That's got to make a huge difference to be able to, to for, in your confidence of being able to keep going here. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I, I joked about uh, things going wrong from the beginning yeah. and getting the screws in my foot. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, that was a huge blessing for me had I not found that out. Um, you know, had I not been a free agent for the first time in 10 years, I probably would have just you know, came back for OTAs and went out to practice. And, uh, you know, I would have made it significantly worse by not having the surgery when I had the surgery. So uh, instead of rehabbing now, I got to do it last off season, And, you know, it allowed me to, you know, kind of start working my way back to the player that I was before the surgery. And, you know, now here I am in, in the middle of March, uh, feeling as good as I felt in years. So like I said, it's, at this point, it's about finding a situation that's right for me uh, and a situation that I feel like I can go be a part of an offense that can win a championship. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, Joel Kuhn's uh, one of the founders of Ultra. What what can we look forward to or what do you have kind of cooking in the next you know several months here as, as you keep trying to move Ultra forward here with Kyle and Jason Zucker and, and John? You know, we have quite a few um, that are in the works. Um, you know, as, as we progress as an organization, what we'll find out or what we're experiencing is more athletes wanting to get involved, uh, more on the national scale. I'd love to tell you names. Uh, I'd love to just <laughs> get all these in front of you, but we're not quite there yet, at least from, um, you know, from a contract standpoint. But we've got some really great things coming. So it's always best to just come to the site, look for the, the PR campaigns, the social media campaigns that we have have out there. I will say that I lobbied really hard to get um, Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. So we didn't have to play him twice a year, but I guess I don't have much pull. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that didn't go well. And, and neither did dressing up the Rocky statue in, in, in Vikings gear before that game, Joel. So Yeah, um, I know. I did sit next to the guy who did that on the way home. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was quite the story. So quite interesting. <laughs> but but certainly do check back. I mean, we mm-hmm. as we engage, as we get uh, – more notoriety in in the business, so to speak. You know, we're finding that more athletes like our brand. They like the authenticity uh, and the overall mission we have to help impact local charities. And we see the the sky is the limit as we progress. Yeah, and Kyle, just as we wrap up here, um, like how how do you feel about how this has all come together? How quickly, you know, even you you did have the year of the pandemic, but now that you kind of are getting rolling again, how quickly it seems to be blossoming and what's your what's your hopes for this thing going forward well you know i'm I'm extremely excited uh from from two perspectives you know first and foremost um as someone who calls the twin cities home uh you know for for joel and myself and john and jason you know it was extremely important for us to organically grow this from minneapolis st paul on. Uh, we wanted it to start here. Our first event was the 3M Open last summer, uh, you know, up at TPC in your guys' hometown. And it was something that from the very beginning in January, when we sat down and got together, it was extremely important to all four of us that this is something that starts here in the state of Minnesota. And it not only impacts this state, but this community a whole lot before we make our way to hopefully the rest of the country. And as I mentioned earlier, for me as as a professional athlete with a platform 
with an outreach to do good. I've always tried to use that platform to, to impact not only this community, but, you know, wherever we are at the time. And, you know, whether that be going out and supporting other teammates, other athletes in the community, uh, you know, I'm extremely excited for, for All True now to, to be a way that these athletes, these celebrities, if they want to do good in their community, if they want to make a positive impact in their community, we can make it a whole lot easier on them to really make an impact in the community that they play in or where they're from, um, or, you know, or where they're currently living at the time. So, you know, for me, those two aspects of it are, are very exciting. And, you know, like I said, I, I can't wait to hopefully, you know, five, 10 years from now, this is something that I'm able to look back on and, you know, it will far exceed the legacy that I left my first 10 years here uh, as a Minnesota Viking and something that, you know, as I mentioned, this still being home, it's a way that I can continue to impact this community very, very greatly. Well, guys, I, hey, I can't thank you enough for for coming on and spending some time. We went a little bit long here, but I think it's a really cool venture that you guys have put together. I've known both of you for a long time, and and I know that your hearts are in the right place. So I was happy to to kind of hopefully help you guys spread the message a little bit. Um, I will see you, I think, both at Target Center fairly soon. I, I know, Kyle, I'll see you and Jordan there. I mean, we, we see you there all the time. So um, uh, thanks a lot for, for spending a few minutes, for spending a little time with us, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having us. And I'll be there Wednesday for the Lakers game. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I will see you there. Joel, thanks a lot, man. I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, John. I have to go on spring break. Otherwise, I would uh, be there, too. I'm trying to get to as many games as possible because they're fun to watch. Finally. So, yeah. Well, hey, you made the right choice. Sounds good. Um, and then I'll thank uh, again. Thanks to our sponsors, Star Bank and Aquarius Home Services. This has been the Viking Update Show. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Thanks for all the work. He does behind the scenes and we will talk to you again next week.